All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Uh, we this is a, this is a very exciting episode. We've got Graham on Skype. This never happens. Oh, he's on the, the road. World of yeah, I'm in beautiful Chicago, Illinois. So if you are in, uh, I'm doing the downtown Zanies tonight at eight o'clock, and then I'm out the Rosemont Zanies Wednesday through Saturday. So if you're in the Chicago area, come buy a ticket. And this is and we'll, episode. Uh, I was going to say it's episode 456. Uh, can you do math while you're in Chicago or do you have to be in the studio? <laughs> I could, uh, it's too cold in Chicago for me to do math in my head. Uh, actually, that would be um, episode 962. Nine. Shit. <laughs> See, it's all about the proximity. <laughs> It's episode nine twelve. <laughs> halfway to half a se- halfway to nine twelve. I did that in my head. So how are the shows going in Chicago? Uh, they've been really cool. You know, mm. I was in the St. Charles um, Zanies earlier in the uh, last weekend, Thursday through Saturday, and then I've been at the downtown Zanies the last two nights. It's been great. There's been some fans of comedy film nerds have come out and a bunch of uh, political vigilante fans. You know, Chicago has a lot of, uh, you know, left-wing socialist wing nuts. So it's really, uh, oh, it's God. good to have them come out to the shows. Yeah. I'm going to uh, interject here. Hi, guys. Murray Valeriano. They don't introduce you on the show. Um, yeah. <laughs> I we do, of, but only about halfway through. I thought it was exciting because I was here. But um, <laughs> getting cock blocked by Skype. My question to you, Graham Elwood. <laughs> are you doing, and I, I apologize, we're good friends. I don't even know this. Uh, are you doing uh, your politi- uh, political vigilante? Are you doing the progressive aggressive tour or is this solo Graham Elwood? What are, what are we looking forward just, to tonight? It is just, oh, thank you, sir. Uh, I am just doing, it's just, I'm just headlining. Um, not doing political vigilante or progressive comedy tour. Uh, but, n- uh, next month, Ron Placone and I are starting the progressive comedy tour back up and we are going to the Gulf States, uh, oh. March 10th through the 13th. That's actually in two weeks. Um, so, uh, you know, check that out. All my tickets are available at grandmelwood.com. And pretend I don't know what the Gulf States are. <laughs> <laughs> What would those uh, be? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Get a map. Jesus. <laughs> Why is this my problem? No, that's a great question, Murray. Uh, we are going to March 10th. We're doing Lafayette, Louisiana. The 11th, we're doing Oxford, Mississippi. Uh, the 12th, we're doing Pensacola, Florida. And the 13th, we're in uh, the Big Easy, New Orleans. No, oh, nice. Excellent. Good time to be there. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, uh, it'll, it'll be fun. So weather will be nice. The oil spill is almost cleaned up. Yeah. Well, no, they're going to build a wall to protect us from the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, so it's good. So. <laughs> and the golfers are going to pay yeah, for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, Graham, uh, I don't know if you know this, but there was an Academy Awards show on Sunday. What? Yeah. What was crazy. Happening? So, uh, oh, we want to thank all the fans who followed us on the, uh, live tweet. Much <clears throat> appreciated. Uh, Graham, Myself and Neil were all uh, tweeting, and it was uh, a bunch of fun. A couple surprises in the Academy Awards, and a couple of uh, not-so-surprises. But uh, before we get into it and get started, we're going to talk about our Patreon sponsors, who are here every month. This is the final uh, February Patreon sponsor, and uh, Graham is about to get carried off. Gee, who's in Chicago right now? Yeah. Boy, they like their fire trucks here in yeah. the city. They don't so. like their air conditioning. Close the window. 
I thought it was too cold for fires. So, uh, <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, uh, this gives you uh, the Patreon sponsors. That's the $50 tier. You pay $50, we read your item and your website. And uh, here are the sponsors for February. Johnny Rulon. He's promoting his novel Green Cheek, A Junkie's Guide to Street Magic. It's an Amazon in both digital and hard copy. It's an experimental stream of consciousness novel which follows the exploits of the news Calliope and her mortal lover T.S. on a journey through time dreams in the hidden places of a supernatural America. The website is happyhorrorshowproductions.com, happyhorrorshowproductions.com. And the Audacity Performing Arts Project produces after-school performing arts projects in poor, underfunded, and low-performing schools. Performing arts education is not a luxury. Check them out at audacityperformingarts.com, audacityperformingarts.com. And from Chris Parker Howard, Coffee Over Suicide, a dramedy podcast about mental illness and choosing life over death one cup of coffee at a time. Get cut up on season one before season two premieres in April. Wherever podcasts are found, find out more at coffeeoversuicide.com. And Alice Frazier, co-host of The Bugle Podcast and host of Table with Alice, brings you a series of three genre-bending solo stand-up shows, They'll explore the boundary between comedy and tragedy. The shows were recorded back-to-back as a three-hour show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival in April 2018 with a binaural microphone, which creates a really cool listening experience. Check out alicefraser.com, alicefraser.com. Um, Aaron, stop petting your dog. So, <laughs> is, is, is that what I hear? Yeah, he's having a nightmare, really? No. All right. How do you know? Maybe... Think he's maybe maybe he's thinking he's hosting the Oscars. So uh, so Rebecca Evans, the art podcast. When we move past hesitation, we're true to ourselves. We find our own art in life. You want to hear some fun stories and get inspired? Check out the art facebook.com slash the art podcast. Oh, that one sounds S. fun. And uh, and Graham and I were both on that. It's a really fun yeah? podcast. Yeah, check that out. Uh, La Calavera by Alan Ross, the story of a pirate radio operator who decides to go into the pirate cable TV business. Darren Loney, together with a group of misfits and the questionable guidance of the spiritual advisor and the former Richard Nixon, gear up to take on the world's largest media conglomerate and its egomaniacal celebrity CEO. Check it out on Amazon and ebook and hard copy. Now, Graham, you're halfway through this book, right? Uh, halfway is a bold statement. Yeah. Uh, I would, uh, I'm, you know, I don't know, 40, 50 pages in. It's mm-hmm. a fun, it's, it's, it's a fun read. It's, it's really, it's, it's a cool book. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. And I, I think it's very, you know, it, it's kind of right up my alley because it's a, you know, a big corporate conglomerate media company and they're taking over things. And then uh, <laughs> having, you know, having uh, Tricky Dick as your mm-hmm. spirit guide is is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Who gets phone calls in their hotel room? Yes. Yeah, I don't know what yeah. is, is going, going on. Away? Like this condo is just, everything's insane. Oh, you're in a condo. Yeah. I thought maybe the fire yeah. truck was bringing you a phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah. They really want you to have a uh, a landline, a hard line, a landline. They're big on that in the Windy City. I'm surprised there's still condo uh, phones in condos too. I figured they would have screwed the comics and say, "Fuck it, no phones." Yeah, take cable out, everything. Yeah. So uh, no, they're, they're they take care of you here. Mm. Okay. Uh, so. I work the improv. Screw zanies. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the night. I have, I have oh, a distinct opinion about that, but we'll <laughs> I, I know, I know. I know. As I said that, I was like, eh, maybe we'll talk later. Um, the ninety-first <laughs> Academy Awards, ladies and gentlemen. Now, um, I will say this. 
I wasn't sure what it would be like without a host, but I got to say, the show um, didn't make a great argument for why we need one. <laughs> I mean, it really, it moved faster. <laughs> it really did. It, uh, you know, there wasn't a tedious monologue to sit through because sometimes they're great, sometimes they're not so great. Um, and, uh, you know, hey, maybe open with a musical number. Not a bad idea. Seriously, bring mm-hmm. Queen out, mm-hmm. kick the audience in the nuts right yeah. out of the gate, then bring mm-hmm. two of the funniest people out and Maya Rudolph and yeah. just and just get it off right, get it going right. Yeah, it was really good. And it, you, you watched like the beginning, I'm like, well, that wasn't quite a monologue, but that's what they would be doing if they were hosting. But yeah. that's all you need. Just give us a little taste, a couple of jokes, and get into the show. Um, so now, Murray, you were there. What was it like before the show started backstage? What was it like? The anticipation? Um, uh, did you punch any celebrities in the nuts? What happened? <laughs> no, I did not punch any celebrities in the nuts. Um, it was good. It was good. It was... Uh, it was good. We always the red carpet was fun. I didn't. I, this is my third time there. It's my wife's third nomination. Mary Zoffries, mm-hmm. look her up. Um, uh, there wasn't as this was fun this year. Now, do you I, get the same seat when your wife keeps getting nominated? Um, like, do they kind of have the costuming section? They have. They have the costuming section, <laughs> and uh, it's funny. This year, they we we sat in our regular seats, which were really far back, and the stage manager came up and said, "Hey, you guys are, you're." Uh, in the second act, so we're just going to move you down front now. Mm-hmm. And they usually move us in commercial breaks. Like, right. okay, well, we'll go down now. And it was great. It was front row. Awesome. Per- and we walked down, and I'm like, Mayor, we're about to get front row for Queen, mm-hmm. you know, and which is because we're both huge music fans. And so mm-hmm. that was great. So, yeah, we, so we sat down the front row for the first two acts, and then they shoved us up into the nosebleeds. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows that part. <laughs> so that did happen during the commercial. Yeah, That's yeah, that was two commercials that you'll notice where if you watch for the rest of the program, we're not in the front row anymore. Because we, we did get to see you when um, the award was announced for uh, Best Costumes, and uh, every comic in L.A. Uh, just went, there's Murray. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> A couple of bookers like, hey, I saw you. I'm like, great, yeah. does that get me a week? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but can your wife do my daughter's I know, uh, right. graduation? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't even know the half of it, Graham. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> so Halloween is coming up, and we need uh, the class dressed. Mary goes into hibernation around Halloween <laughs> just so people will leave her alone. Yeah. I can totally understand that. It's like an accountant after it's... April 15th. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> it's... It's got to be like the person who owns a pickup truck and people asking <laughs> yeah. to help move like times 10. Yeah. And just like the like the fucking cra- like friend of a friend of a friend, I'll get a text. Hey, can you ask your wife to build this fucking uh, gnome costume I'm working on? <laughs> like, no. And I need it in four hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And can you do it by Tuesday? That'd be great. Thanks. Here's what you do. You just send them your wife's quotes, and that'll wrap that You'll up. You'll never hear from them quick. again. <laughs> no, that's not a bad idea. I did I did tell some short, uh, some short, some, a director of some short this year at the luncheon. Um, the shorts, always, we always get seated at the Oscar luncheon. They, they pair up. They, they seat everybody from different. So it was like me and Mary, and then it was the producers of Minding the Gap. Right. And then it was mm-hmm. a director of a short. I don't remember his name. Last time it was uh, Aaron Sorkin, and he was a douche. Um, hmm. <laughs> but why was I saying this? Oh, oh, so like, oh, the, the the short the guy was like, oh man, we'd love to do your, you know, we'd love for you to do our feature. And I was like, oh, right. get her before she wins. Yeah, <laughs> rates going up. So, um, oh, I happen to have a contract right here. Yeah, <laughs> sign here. <laughs> So, uh, well, let me. I want to ask you this, uh, Murray. Since you know we were talking about 
they did a different a new an opening that was I I I, I must I agree with you guys I loved it that they just like kick ass song and then and then people just being funny out of the gate yeah uh, what was the sort of sense that you got from like the people that were there that that have been to multiple live academy awards what was their sense of it i don't think i don't think i honestly and you know just to <laughs> jump on what chris was saying i don't think anybody noticed <laughs> you know what i mean i mean you can't mm-hmm. you can't not i mean queen played that little theater like they were playing hyde park or, or wembley again or right. even you know fucking mm-hmm. live aid you know mm-hmm. uh which they're known for so it was there was not an ass in a seat mm-hmm. it, that so right. I mean, out of the gate you're not even like you're like if somebody would have said hey is jimmy kimmel here they would be like who right. you know right. it was just so <laughs> engulfing so I, and then you, again you bring out you know so they, every future oscar host just texted kevin hart went nice going yeah way to go way to fuck it up for all of us buddy <laughs> <laughs> So, but it was great. Well, I'd like to go. Awesome. I'd like to go on record by saying Mary and I were the first ones standing when Queen nice. opened. <laughs> we were the first ones up because we were just such huge fans. And the lights went down, and the uh, stage manager was like, "Okay, everybody, settle. We're going in five, four, and then you heard. Oh yeah. Oh, and then Mary, Mary so and I great. were just on our fucking feet, man. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was fantastic. Oh, very cool. Uh, well, it was a great way to open it, for sure. Absolutely. Um, so, All right, let's uh, get into the categories. Um, animated short film. It wasn't a big surprise. Pixar won this, especially after they lost Best Animated Feature. Hold on a second. Where are you at? I'm at the bottom. We're gonna st- are you going from start- back? Yeah, yeah, we're going from back oh. to front. I want to say, too, um, so a fan of ours, Susan Long, whose Twitter handle is at Long Estate, uh, oh, I know put her. together I know her. a score. Sorry. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, she's, uh, mm-hmm. yeah f- we follow each other. Um, she put together a score sheet for Comedy Film Nerds Oscar 2019, the picks that we did, uh, Doug, Vincent, Chris, and myself, and it's pretty fantastic. I will uh, I will retweet it. <clears throat> um, so anybody following along or if you just follow her at Long Estate, you can see it. She did this really cool thing. She picked – she so, showed my Chris and Doug's because we always do the, who we think should win and will win. Right. And then she – Showed what all of our picks were, and then highlighted the winner, and you can see who, who got what. So it's it's a cool mm-hmm. thing to follow along. Oh, very cool. But anyway, yes, and so uh, so we um, we you know we were all kind of uh, on a lot of the same page on uh, animated short film Pixar usually especially they always yeah what a, it's gonna be it's pretty close if they don't they win it a fair amount of the time and, and especially it's bullshit uh, yeah <laughs> it is man yeah. you look at the you look at the credits on uh, of these Pixar shorts and they're longer than the short Oh, I know. I you know, know yeah. and then you get some of these. <laughs> it's literally the whole studio works. Yeah, on it. and yeah. they. And I was talking to the guy who won last uh, or two years ago, and he's like, "Well, yeah, they just some up uh, up somebody some suit came in and said, hey, we need a short for the Oscars uh, next year. You're going to start working on it, right? Like that's how it mm-hmm. works. And then they win it 99 percent of the time. So, and then the animated feature. I'm really glad to see Spider Man uh, winning this award because it was such a great movie, and it Absolutely. was also a great um, kind of like upset as far as like the status quo on animated features every year because it's it's always it's the, it's disney it's it's pixar which is disney right and uh you know every once in a while there's one japanese one <laughs> that uh, no one is able to see before the oscars sure sure and then uh but like isle of dogs i would have been perfectly fine if that would have won too because it was really amazing the stop mm-hmm. motion the animation and uh it was also a great movie 
but I was glad to see Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse work and then uh, win. And then for foreign language film, this was no surprise to any of us. Oh, we were absolutely. all like, you know, Roma's going to win because it's probably not going to win Best Picture. So this is the award it's definitely going to get. Oh, for sure. So, absolutely. And then... Uh, I'm glad it won this. I'm glad Roma won this. Um, but it still deserved Best Picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there, we'll, we'll get into the... Um, astonishing wins yeah <laughs> a little later <laughs> and i, I love uh uh Car- uh speeches uh, it was great so yeah. eloquent uh, what i, what oh, I yeah. found fascinating is that like when you go up multiple times he had a different speech every single time oh like, that's right he uh like he had like i'm wondering like did he have each one planned out for like if he won the specific category where it's like all right i'm going to prepare three speeches i don't know how many i'll get to right <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds like a lot this of is number one this is number two this is uh so i don't know and then um now we get into the uh the live action short film this is the one um <sighs> i i really thought mother was gonna win this but uh it was it was it was skin jesus so, christ what a fucking rough category yeah holy yeah. crap we we're watching these <laughs> We're watching these going, oh, man, especially after detainment, you know? Yeah. And then going into Margaret, it was just so sad, especially as a parent watching detainment. I mean, well, and uh, and mother. And mo- the, uh, mother, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're all rough. I mean, yeah. I liked Margaret. Marguerite was my favorite. I thought mm-hmm. that was, I really liked that one a lot. But Christ. Yeah. Far, uh, the Marguerite was, uh, Doug went, did, went should and will win on Marguerite, and Chris, you went should and will on Mother, I did, and I went yeah. should detainment and will on Skin. Yeah, you, you nailed that. Oh, okay, you got traction. Yep, and this is where I uh, I start to lose points as we uh, as we continue. <laughs> oh, I even forgot about that. How, do you, how do you say? Is it Fove? Fove? Fovra? Fovra? I forget Fove? that French word. One where the kid watches his kid drown in the quicksand oh my god yeah it looked awful and like even it, just ugh. watching the uh, trailer or the clip i'm like i don't want to see this movie it was pure. We, were, <laughs> we went we went we went detainment mm-hmm. and then that yeah, <laughs> and yeah i was like fuck man and then it was french or something so a fox ran across the screen for no reason <laughs> and i was just like i don't know if i can handle the rest of these yeah. so there is something to be said that's why when we get into best documentary feature was like, well, the most depressing one didn't win, I guess because they were saving all of that for the, uh, the shorts. Uh, so now we have sound editing and sound mixing. Often, um, you know, the same film wins both. It's rare that it splits. Yeah. But uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, I, I figured because I was looking at it, I'm like, you know, a lot of times a music one usually wins. These, sure, that's true. Unless it's like all effects-driven Transformers-y mm-hmm. nonsense, where then it's just the loudest movie that right. wins. Um, but, I thought uh, First Man had a good shot at that. Did you? Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought. When I was just talking to the the sound people and stuff, and yeah, I thought I had a good shot. But it makes you right. It makes sense with Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, and uh, like Black Panther too. I thought I, <clears throat> yeah, that's why I put a shoot on that. But Will on Bohemian. Now, did you get that one, Graham? Yeah, me, you, and Doug all did Will. We all had three had three different shoulds mm-hmm. for sound editing, uh, but all three of us picked. A Bohemian Rhapsody as the right. will because we, you know, and when we talked about it uh, last week, it all kind of made sense because uh, knowing, and this is something we we I, we reference Murray something you had told us from previous Oscars as the sound guys always say, oh, the biggest loudest one, and we're like, so right. it'll be Bohemian Rhapsody because there's all those big concert sure. segments, you know, and and uh, turns out we were all right. <laughs> 
And now production design is where I start to lose the game because I got fixated for whatever reason on Mary Poppins Returns, thinking it was going to take home something. Oh, yeah, I have your and, sheet, and there's an S and a W next yeah, to it. Yeah, and it was the kind of thing where I'm like, you know, if I hadn't seen that movie, I probably would have done better on, the, like, on a couple of these. Uh, because yeah, it, it, was, it was weird. I, I just had, like, those nostalgia goggles on that film, mm-hmm. and really it, uh, it had no chance of winning anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was perplexed. I got to tell you, Chris, when I left last week's episode, I was like, wow. There's no way Mary Poppins was that good. Yeah. I don't know what the it hell say, it is was happening a, to Chris. It but. was an unfounded emotional response. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, wasn't. Yeah, it, a lot of the production design was uh, CG, wasn't it? In Black Panther, uh, a lot of it for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I throw a flag on the play on that one. Mm-hmm. So you think Murray? It should be more of a physical. Yeah, you know, yeah, a digital one. Yeah, that's me. But what do I know? You know what I mean? I would rather see like or a nice mix. Like, you know, if you go back to Blade Runner, that production. Oh, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And I'm not. And look, my wife worked on First Man also. And I'm not um, just saying that because she worked on it. It was actually I didn't actually love that movie. Um, But I thought the, the moon and stuff was all it was just I thought it looked great. I thought the mm-hmm. end of that movie looked great. I thought the rest of it was like eh, kind of bland. Like, but I thought the effects at the end mm-hmm. with uh, him actually walking on the moon looked really yeah. cool. But I thought, well, that doesn't make up for the rest of the other two well, hours. <laughs> the other, the other problem, <laughs> the other problem with that movie, in my opinion, it was all shot up close and shaky, so you couldn't even really see the production design, and no. you couldn't see the costumes. It was and, shot and, for uh, small televisions that don't exist anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And as long as we're on the subject, I would have liked to have seen him get excited about going to the moon just oh. for one second. No, he's an emotionally just, uh, detached and uh, just, emotionally stunted for the rest of his life. You're going to be on yeah. the you're going to be the fir- on the fucking moon. Yeah. Smile about it. No. One minute. I don't even <laughs> no. I don't you don't have to throw a party. He you don't have to write did. a poem. And the director yelled cut. Yeah. Too happy. Yeah. <laughs> You're just going yeah. to the moon. Yeah. You're still suffering trauma. Seriously, you come back to this shit. <laughs> Yeah, um, just raise an eyebrow. Anything yeah, I would have gone yeah. for. I yeah. mean, it's hard a not smirk. It's hard not to compare it to uh, Apollo thirteen. But there's just that one line from Tom Hanks where he's where he, the guy's like, "Don't you think the moon's getting a little boring?" And he's like, oh, "I can tell you, there's nothing boring about going." That's all you need to hear from right. Tom. You know yep. exactly how excited yeah. he is. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh-huh. they set this whole movie up where he's um, he has trauma. And he's emotionally stunted and, and cut off uh, from that. Um, trauma of losing his child Mm -hmm. and then the whole movie sets up like well we're going to see him heal and get over that and going to the moon will be part of that no it never happens (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so okay so production design Black Panther even though it was in the computer uh, it's still uh, one and uh, best documentary short feature now I really thought it was going to be end game Uh, I thought period end of sentence should but I, I missed the will uh, and period of sense did get the will. What did you put on will on that one, Graham? You know, I, I did that. You and I did this very similar thing. Um, we both did should on period end of sentence. I picked lifeboat as will and you picked end game. Mm-hmm. And of course, Doug was the one who cleaned up the point because he went should and will on period mm-hmm. end of right. sentence. Another grouping of really fucking hard to yes. watch. <laughs> Doug Benson said the exact same thing. Holy yeah. crap. Mm-hmm. And then we get to, we, the last one I saw was period into sentence and it, I didn't know anything about it and the right. title came up and I'm like, oh, sweet. 
some grammar. levity here. Maybe yeah. it's going to be a grammars about, you know, using our iPhones and poor, <laughs> poor fucking, you know, typing and emails and then damn. But I'm glad it won. It was it was great. So and the next is a best documentary feature. Now, I have to say this goes against we were talking about it earlier. Um, all of the Academy's previous years were the most depressing documentary wins. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, Free Solo wasn't that. It was like yeah. a thrilling kind of IMAXy, you know, um, mountain climbing, you yeah. know, vistas and you know, beautiful landscape type type film. Um, so I, I thought RBG was really going to win. I thought RBG yeah. was going to win, especially in this lefty communist Hollywood that right. we live in. I thought for sure <laughs> RBG was going to take yeah. it down. Hmm. But I loved I loved no, minding the gap. That was you my... know maybe we're not having enough old white men vote. You know it's uh, <laughs> maybe we need to you know put a stop on all this diversity mm-hmm. into the academy <laughs> and, get, and get back you to know, basics. It was interesting because uh, Chris, you know I went should win with with free solo, and then I went will with RBG, and you went should and will with RBG, and Doug made a gutsy call and went should and will with with free solo yep mm-hmm. and he nailed which oh, and that, okay. that woman the, the speech i was a little bummed that i felt like the woman sort of hijacked the speech <sighs> Fuck. you know and she kept like just breathing and making it about and she forgot one of her kids and then there's the goddamn hiker the guy that did it that put his life on the line the hiker the, the mountain climber <laughs> <laughs> sort of like hiking right yeah. just walking up a just trail hiking with up. a dog just yeah <laughs> He had a backpack and but a walking did, stick. No, she did the same thing <laughs> yeah. at the Baftas in London. She did. She hijacked oh, the thing. Wow. And uh, yeah, she hijacked the uh, speech. And she, yeah, I was. It was my least favorite speech of the evening. Well, the last thing that'll feed an ego is an Oscar. So I'm sure she'll get better. That ego was well was, fed before this. <laughs> <laughs> she really was sitting there making it all about her, and it's mm-hmm. like this mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm risked his life Absolutely. and this team of people risked their lives to shoot it and you are making it all about you yeah and you were probably sitting in video village absolutely <laughs> yeah so so work on your speech that's the that's the uh <laughs> the takeaway from here or, <laughs> let or maybe somebody else talk a team i don't know yeah. do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> or maybe acknowledge the subject of your documentary you could do that too so <laughs> way down yeah. the end of the, the line yeah <laughs> The guy behind you who who the whole reason you're on stage is because of him. Maybe right. just even look over your shoulder once. <laughs> um, so best adapted screenplay. This was not a surprise. I really thought nothing else was going to win except Black Klansman because I, I felt like that was simply the best adaptation of mm-hmm. existing material. Absolutely. And I think there. Yeah, I, I like that. This is my favorite my favorite movie of the year. I think. It's a great. You know, movie. I really yeah. liked it too. Mm-hmm. And and. Um, First, uh, we all, Chris and Doug and I, we all went should and will across the board on mm-hmm. Black Klansman, and and we were all right. And you know, it's like Spike Lee, you know, he's always written like the major most of his movies. He's written his own screenplay to shoot them, and he's done a really fine job with that over the years. And it's kind of one of those like uh, the Academy, you know, they usually reward people later yeah. <laughs> yeah. in their careers. <laughs> And and sometimes they do that on a movie that like didn't really deserve it. They're just rewarding past work. But I felt like this this was both. Black yes. he did a really good job as the adapted screenplay, and it is kind of a a tip of the hat to all of his previous work. 
And uh, I thought he had a great outfit at the Oscars. He yeah, uh, looked like he just got off of a trolley from Toontown. <laughs> it was uh, fantastic. <laughs> uh, I, I have to amend my statement. My Actually, my favorite movie this year was The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. But, um, well, Mary worked on that movie. <laughs> well, you? no, and it, it literally is, but it kind of says about the, the whole award season with that uh, movie is I kind of forget it's a movie because it went straight to Netflix. Yes. Um, right. Right. Okay, so best original screenplay. Uh, honestly, it was not the strongest category. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really thought Romo should, but then I, I, I thought it was kind of an up-in-the-air category because none of these scripts really stood out. With, and I thought, oh, we'll probably go to the favor because they've, they've won before for screenplay. Sure. Uh, but I no, wrong, yeah, I know. wrong, Green Book. And again, I thought that piece of shit Vice was going to do it just because of the subject matter, but mm-hmm. didn't even come close. Yeah, Doug was the only one. He only picked Will for Green Book, and he got the point because mm. I went should and Will with Roma. Uh, you went should, Roma, Will, favorite. Mm-hmm. Doug went should, Roma, but he picked Green Book. Wow, so he was, did? Uh, wow. Yeah. That's impressive. He picked, this is where Doug started kind of sneak away a yeah, little bit. He, he ended did. up winning. Uh-huh. <clears throat> And then uh, Graham and I were only one point away, but uh, Graham pulled it off. He got one point ahead of me. And again, I blame Mary Poppins. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so makeup and hairstyling. I'll tell you, I wasn't sure this one until Doug started talking about uh, the way, you know, anytime that there's a biopic and someone makes someone look like Nixon or, right. uh, you know, or. They win. Uh, and then they win. And then he was. And I thought, oh, you know what? You're absolutely right. Done. Yeah. So why shouldn't Will? And then I realized I was hoping too. That um, you, you know, some of these other movies would get the bigger awards because uh, sure. I didn't think Vice deserved another uh, any of the bigger ones. No, not at all. Uh, I did. I'm, I'm not familiar with Border, but I I, I I was putting my money on Mary Queen of Scots for mm-hmm. makeup and hair. But uh, so so we all got Vice, didn't we, on this one, Graham? Yep, we all mm-hmm. we all went should and will on Vice yep. across the board. Now costume design. This was uh, again, um, I, I I thought one of the stronger categories in the entire. Academy. This oh, absolutely! Year. I thought this was really good. Again, I almost had Mary Poppins blinders on again, <laughs> uh, but I was able to see through it. And I remember seeing interviews with Black Panther and the uh, costume designers and the production designers talking about how intricately they created the costumes, mm-hmm. how they merged, you know, superhero armor with traditional, um, you know, African oh, uh, yeah. um, uh, garb and. Uh, uh, so I thought, you know what, that one, because it's a male, because I always think a lot of times the Academy will not just go for a period piece, but if it's like uh, Fantastic Beasts, the mm-hmm. kind of thing where it's period, but also there's a fantasy element. So it's something a little like it's one kilter off of right. like, where it's supposed to be. And I saw that with Black Panther. So I thought that one was uh, was going to win. Like, uh, But again, all... That's a really strong. I mean, Mary had a lot of competition this year. That's Mm -hmm. for sure. And again, I was I was leaning towards Mary, Queen of Scots, or the favorite Mm -hmm. of probably. Of course, I thought Ballad of Buster Scruggs should win. Yes. (laughs) Um, And you know, and and like Mary, you know, like they know their categories. And Mary came in this year, going, "Yo, I have no chance. Let's just drink and have fun this year." (laughs) You know. So (laughs) let me ask you a question about Ballad of Buster Scruggs. It it definitely wasn't my favorite Coen Brothers movie. I loved it. I'm a huge fan. You know, it's splitting people a lot because I'm talking to people who loved it and thought it was crazy. Mm -hmm. Other people like, "Yeah, I didn't like it that much either." There's nobody that went, "That's okay." Right. Right. It's always one or the other. And uh, there were certain costumes in the way they were put together, like the one where the Liam Neeson section. Mm -hmm. 
like um what's it like designing when you have basically a quadriplegic like you're you're designing a costume for him right like that must have been like stuff like that i thought was really creative and interesting Oh yeah, that's a, I, 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 again. I don't know if I said this before, but I think this is definitely my wife's best work, and she's done, mm-hmm. you know, countless great movies. And um, I, I don't know how. I don't know her thinking. Every once in a while, I'll try to get it out. But like the pots and pans uh, outfit in the the shootout was so amazing. Right. I remember her sketching mm-hmm. that, and I was like, "What? What is that?" It's like, "Oh, he protects himself with pots and pans." <laughs> so uh, yeah, that would be, if she ever comes on here, you'll have to ask her that question or. Well, Murray, I wanted to ask you since, you know, you're kind of traveling with the same group of folks through mm-hmm. all the award season, right? So, and I'm assuming a lot of these costume designers maybe already know each other. Um, so what was that sort of like? Because I, I saw when Black Panther won, you know, your wife like jumped out of her chair. She was so ecstatic and supportive of of them winning what was that sort of experience like and, and you seeing the other award shows and, and your wife and talking to the other costume designers? Well, yeah. They, What's that whole like experience like? They all run, you know, they all kind of, they don't run in the same crowd, but they all knew each other. And I, I just met Ruth Carter uh, that evening. I didn't uh, meet her before, but like Sandy Powell, we hung out with in, in England and we've hung out before. And, you know, I think they're all kind of, you know, they're supportive of each other. There's still that little healthy competition, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Mary was stoked because she wanted uh, Ruth Carter to win. Oh, I don't know if I should say that, but she was hoping Ruth Carter should win. How's that? Because um, mm-hmm. she was a big fan. And so we were very excited when she won. And then her train got caught under the seat, so I had to pull it out. <laughs> and then Mary grabbed on to bring it around. And I was like, I was trying to, if you see the video again, I was like, I reached back. I'm like, her husband or boyfriend, Larry, was there. And I was like, Larry, do you want to help? I mean, I didn't want to, you know. Usurp, <laughs> us, I didn't want to usurp his, you know, healthier mm-hmm. date. So, but no, everybody's really supportive. I, I feel. Isn't there an unwritten That's rule cool. though that all costume designers have to help with the train if someone gets up? I know it was like second. Yeah. it was like I'm like I'm like holding the train. Like I don't know what the <laughs> fuck to do. As a matter of fact, Mary wore a train two years ago and I stepped on it every thirty minutes and it almost killed her marriage. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how to. <laughs> I don't know anything about trains, man. <laughs> But no, I think they're all very supportive, and and Mary was happy that she won, and you know Mary, you know she told me she's like this year I don't I don't have a chance, you know she had a chance on La La Land, and mm-hmm. it was a different mm-hmm. thing, and you know I just and I just we're at the bar beginning the beginning of the show having drinks talking, and I just said I'm only going to say this once, you might have to talk tonight. <laughs> just give it just give it a little thought. That's it. And that nice. Was it. Well, that's so cool, man. You guys have gotten to go, you know, three times, the BAFTAs and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, you've been I mean, going all over. It's great. Just, that's so amazing. I mean, that's just like. Yeah, they're really fun. To it's, see all that. Yeah. It's right, because it's not my world. So it's really mm-hmm. cool to kind of be an outsider and be a fan, but right. kind of be in the know. And it's great that I'm married to mm-hmm. somebody so good in their field who is also a fan. Right. So who's not going to be like, oh, Queen's playing. That's interesting. She's going to be up on her feet fucking giving the devil horns. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. What a fun, what a fun show you guys got to be at. Yeah. Especially coming off that James Franco debacle. <laughs> our first year. Was our first year? Oh, yeah. Franco and yeah. What's her face did? Oh, and Anne Hathaway. Rough. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ooh, that was rough. Yeah. That gave a new <laughs> definition to phoning it in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now we have best cinematography. I, th- I really thought this was a two-way race between Cold War and Roma, uh, but I, Roma just—it was oh, yeah. so stunning that, that cinematography. Uh, I don't know. 
how you could go. I mean, yeah, we all, me, Chris, you and I and Doug, we all did should and will on Roma. And mm-hmm. that's the one that I just like knowing, first of all, just knowing how good Alfonso Curian's movies are normally. And his cinematographer is so amazing. And then he shoots it himself. He literally uh, won this award because his cinematographer was busy. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> insane to me. Like that just like that alone. Uh, and, and what he did and how he conveyed the time, the history, the politics, the emotion in his shot composition and camera movement and everything was just, it was just, uh, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. And I'm sure his cinematographer is going, man, I should have turned down that Fanta commercial. So best original song. Um, now, honestly, Charlotte, you don't have Lady Gaga play live and then have her not win an award. Right. That wasn't going to happen. Um, so this was a very obvious one. Uh, I, I think this, this one... And um, there was a couple that were like, okay, yeah, I can clearly see which one is going to win here. Well, the Um, thing with, I think with A Star is Born, and I was not, I'm not a huge fan of this remake, um, but they did it right with the music. They had a really quality people, uh, Lucas Nelson, the son of Willie Nelson, wrote a lot on them. mm -hmm. Um, The guy from uh, the 400, Jason Isbell wrote a lot on it. Uh, Gaga wrote a lot. A lot of great writers and producers. So they did the music right, I think, on this. They understood how important it should be. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So, and it is, it's a solid song. Yeah. You you know, it's a... uh, it, it deserved to win, even though even though it wasn't Lady Gaga singing it. Sure, uh, but I have to now, say this. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say because this is one of the things I missed this this speech because um, I was performing. What was that like when this when they won? Lady Gaga's. Um, it, it was kind of what you expected. Yeah. It, it honestly didn't. I, 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 in a weird way, I was a little disappointed on it because it covered the same ground she always covers. Like this is actually an opportunity to say something new or different. Sure, but uh, she she just kind of hit all the old talking points. Like don't follow, give your, up. Dreams, follow blah, your dreams. Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't give <laughs> up. It's going to take a long time. You know. Don't listen to anybody. You know. Hard blah, work blah, blah. pays off. Yeah yeah yeah. So come on. So there wasn't there wasn't a lot of meat to that speech. <laughs> <laughs> so. well, it was a good speech. You can, you can never, yeah. you can never hear enough of that. But I will, I, hate, I will, I will drink the Mary Poppins uh, Kool Aid on this. Um, the place where Lost Things Go when they performed when she performed that, mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, this is cool. This is like reminds me of the Oscars I was grew up grew up watching. You and, know, and the, 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 I got to say the set design on this show was fantastic. It was really, man, good, it yeah. was really amazing. And that was the probably the most solid song in the uh, in the whole movie. Yeah. So best original score again. This is where Mary Poppins fucked me over again. <laughs> Uh, because uh, now, I, honestly, I don't even know if if Mary Poppins wasn't on there, I would have picked Black Panther Breast Original Score. I probably would have. Uh, uh, I don't know what I would have picked if it wasn't for that one. Yeah, because you had S and W. I had S and W on Mary Poppins Returns. So now, Graham, what did you have on this one? Original score. Well, um, Doug and I both uh, did should and will on Black Panther because I don't think we had a tumor in our heads like you did. <laughs> <laughs> Shaped like an really animated Chris, penguin. This was so puzzling. This is where I was 
starting to worry about my friend Chris. And he just kept going. <laughs> you know, every once in a while, you get those um, those nostalgia mm-hmm. uh, movie goggles on, and they're hard to take off. <laughs> a spoonful of Kool Aid. Yeah, <laughs> but they're off now. <laughs> and best film editing. Now, honestly, this is um, uh, I I probably should have seen this coming. Just because, you know, a lot of times with sound mixing and sound editing and, and any kind of music film, a lot of times is definitely up for uh, editing. But I was thinking about Vice, the way that it was edited together with, um, you know, horrific war footage, um, images of, uh, you know, the actors in between and then, you know, monologues into the camera. I thought editing wise, I thought, well, this might get the award because it has a lot of different elements to it. Um, so... But then I thought maybe Black Klansman uh, might pull it off, too. I wasn't really seeing Bohemian Rhapsody for editing. You say a lot of different elements. I say way too many. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't argue that point. Seriously. Totally dude. agree. Pick a tone and go with it. <laughs> so. I This is the one of the few categories where I was the only one who picked it right. I went mm, should yeah. and will on Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. Doug went should and will on Vice. Um. And, you know, Chris was all over the map. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think that it knowing, knowing a like what the Academy sort of looks for with the editing category. And I think it's sort of in the same vein of, you know, sound, you know, like Murray has said, the loudest one wins or sometimes the biggest in costume design. It's the biggest, craziest costumes, not necessarily the most intricate. I think mm-hmm. in film editing, they look at like the biggest cut, like big, uh, obvious cuts, you know, and cutting back and forth. And I think there was a lot of that in Bohemian Rhapsody, which is why it took it. Mm. It's interesting. I have Chris's uh, piece of paper here, and he has uh, should win Black Klansman, uh, will win uh, Vice, and then he wrote in Mary Poppins. <laughs> hmm, I just noticed that. So uh, I always like to add a box if I can. <laughs> uh, so now, best visual effects. I thought this was an upset. I really uh, I never didn't, saw this coming. No, no, I didn't. And uh, you know, especially like I said, first man. I thought I had great effects at the end for a couple of minutes, mm-hmm. but the rest of the movie uh, I thought was very flat and drab. Uh, but uh, I didn't think Avengers. I didn't think Christopher Robin. I didn't think Solo. I didn't think any of those were going to win because it's all effects we've seen before. So I really thought mm. it was going to be Ready Player One, which was so inventive and imaginative and had, you know, different things all kind of combined. So I really thought Ready Player One was going to take this. But no, didn't see First Man coming on this one. Well, I'm glad Not it won. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad I it won. Movie. I'm glad it won, cause obviously, because my wife worked on it and I have a lot of friends on it. But this isn't my strong category. I don't really have a, an opinion on this category because I didn't see Avengers. I didn't see <laughs> Christopher Robin. I didn't see Ready Player One. I didn't see a solo star. I saw First Man. <laughs> you voted for the movie that you saw in this category. Yeah, got it. Uh, yeah, I, I really, I thought it was, I thought it was between Ready Player One and 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 Avengers because of the degree of effects that were used um, in those two films to 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 paint the worlds that they lived in. So, yeah, First Man, and I remember thinking like, well, there's no way they're going to give it to First Man because Gravity won this several years ago, and because Gravity was amazing, they spent mm. the whole movie in space. Yes, um, but you know, and you know, you had the destruction of space stations very early on in the film that were visually amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
so um, yeah, bit of a bit of an upset there. And then best supporting actor, uh, you know, all these are good performances, with the exception of Sam Rockwell, who was doing a sketch character. Um, <laughs> it would have been good in a different movie. Yeah, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. It would have been good in a comedy about George W. Bush. Yeah, all that's right. I mean, this looked like oh, he's he's doing um, uh, W from Oliver Stone's. Oh yeah, 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 movie. right. Of course. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Mahershala Ali, I really thought he deserved it, and I'm glad he won. Mm, I'm going Richard. I, w- I wanted Richard E. Grant. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, actually, I wanted Sam Elliott, which you know, I'm mm-hmm. just just a fan of his. I got to meet him this year, which was great. Oh, cool. Mary uh, obviously knows him from uh, uh, the dude. Uh, Big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. So we got to hang out with him for a while. Oh, cool. What's he like? Is he, is oh. he the same Let's way, way as you would expect? He was in a really sharp tuxedo mm-hmm. and cowboy boots. Nice. So <laughs> it was, and he just has that voice. And I said, you know, congratulations. I'm a big fan. He's like, oh, thank you, Murr, and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, God. That's fantastic. So, but he I, called you Murr. I know, right? <laughs> But uh, I really feel like I'm really bummed at Richard E. Grant. I feel like he, I felt like a lot of people were expecting him to win and mm. didn't. Especially more, I'm sorry, more. That was more at the BAFTAs also because right. he didn't. Mm. I don't think he won it. Yeah. Now, did we all get Mahershala Ali? On we all picked that. Should and will across the board, all yeah, three of yeah. us. Now, supporting actress. I we, like all these performances. I feel the same way. Like, like Adam Driver did a good job. I like Sam Elliott. Uh, mm-hmm. Richard E. Grant was really good in Can You Ever Forgive Me? And I feel the same way like Sam Rockwell, like you said, he was a little too over the top. Of all of those performances, it was Marshall Ali that had the most like poignant acting moments in yes. terms mm-hmm. of conveying, especially in film, right? So those when you go to the close-up, and they're making just ba- very small micro expressions on their face, but they're conveying so much that that has a lot to for me at least. Yes, of what makes a good like screen actor. And best supporting actress, uh, Regina King. I figure should will, and uh, I thought the favorite. I dismissed those immediately. I thought yeah. maybe <laughs> uh, Roma, uh, possibly Marina de Tavira, mm-hmm. but Amy Adams, no, no. Uh, so I, but I thought you know pulling it out would be Regina King. Yeah, you had you had her both win and should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. I really, you know, I got a little Roma. Roma done this and <laughs> I love Regina King I'm glad mm-hmm. she won what was I didn't I missed this what was her speech like oh man her speech was fantastic if it I remember good, correctly yeah. it's yeah. a little the, the nights are a little blurry for me to remember but I remember her just she looked fantastic she had an amazing white dress on she, she had a good yeah she, she had, had good, a great speech, speech. Mm-hmm. oh she talked to her mom mm-hmm. right yeah and I remember oh it was beautiful I loved it this is a lot of there are a lot of good speeches this year I'm not I, I teared up a few times I'm not gonna lie to you oh that's good. I'm also a pussy. Were, the, were there were there any <laughs> were there any of this any speech like big speeches that really stood out for any like anybody say any crazy stuff? Well, Michael Moore had a speech outside the building, uh. but, uh, <laughs> but uh, I I don't know. No, I think I'm trying I, to think if there was one that really stood out. I don't think there was any saw, real insane speeches. I think no, I think wasn't. all the speeches were really good, and the ones that blew. Yeah. Um, free solo um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it, 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 they really stood out as bad speeches because the right. speeches were quality this year I and think. if you get into like spike lee's speech uh for 
you know, best adapted screenplay. It's mm-hmm. the only reason, like, it's getting all these headlines is because Trump responded to it. But at the end of the day, when you look at the speeches, I'm like, was it really that oh, yeah. controversial? Or no. no, it wasn't at all. No. Some people to get out and vote. Yeah. You know, well, that's what Trump doesn't want. Yeah. I <laughs> so, um, from a, from mm-hmm. a technical standpoint, uh, for watching at home, they cut off a lot. Uh, could you hear it in the room? Oh, they did. You know what they did? They cut off a couple people's, and you couldn't hear them. They cut off Spike's. Well, it also sounded like yeah. Spike was cursing a lot because there was some drop. He did. Yeah, yeah, he did. Very. very he did uh, swear right up, right up top. Too. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, I think there's either something wrong with my cable or Spike is swearing. Yeah, Spike's swearing, and then they they cut him off, and they cut off. Uh, so did the free solo guy. He he said, "Holy shit." Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, at least he got to say something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's all I could get on and then they right. could get bleeped. Yeah, it seemed like if you took any any space at all, they were cutting you and yeah. you you know, we couldn't tell if, if the mic was still on in the room. Yeah, free soul guys. God, I get to talk more when I'm in the middle of a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> but I read the first what was a what was the first category? I remember the first category, and whoever won, maybe it was Best Supporting Actress, I forget. Best Supporting Actress. Yeah, and mm-hmm. she was, and I was like, oh, right, there's no, and I looked down, because we were still in the front row at that time, mm-hmm. and there was no orchestra pit, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if they're going to take a page out of the BAFTAs and not play anybody off. Right. And um, then I guess they had piped in, or maybe I guess the orchestra was under the stage, because they eventually started playing people off. Yep. Um so now we have uh, Best Actor. Now, this was, I, I really thought this was another one that was like, well, I think it's going to go to Rami Malek, especially because that's all you're hearing about is how great his performance was in that movie. Right. Um, you know, Viggo Mortensen, I didn't think so. Uh, you know, Bradley Cooper. Now, every once in a while, an actor wins that does a great performance in a movie that's not nominated for anything else. So yeah. you figure Willem Dafoe might have been the spoiler a little bit in mm-hmm. there. And Christian Bale, I think we all agree, it was just a, uh, a grunts and makeup, <laughs> and, uh, and that was there grunts was a, and makeup. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of. Uh, that was um, my favorite musical on Broadway. Yeah, grunts yeah, and grunts makeup. and makeup. Yeah, oh, I loved it. There was a lot of nuance in that performance. <laughs> um, so uh, we all got Rami Malek on this one, didn't we? Yeah, we all picked him across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, in hindsight, I, I pick Rami. Again, I thought Christian. I just thought Christian Bale was gonna just because of the subject matter and Christian right. Bale. I thought he was gonna take it, but Rami Malek, I really like. There's rumor that there were, uh, and I don't know this for sure, but there's rumor that there's a uh, there were some dance doubles for his lower shots. Oh, really? Oh, I really? I yeah. didn't hear that. There's some rumors floating around like that, hmm. but uh, I thought he was. Great. Who can confirm or deny? Right. Anybody out there can <laughs> confirm or deny. But I thought you know up against the. Looking at the categories now, I, I, I would give it to Rami, mm-hmm. although, you know, it really is an impression. Now, um, Best Actress, I think we all missed this one. Uh, this is the mm-hmm. only category where neither, no, no, none of us got any picked of them. one. Should or No will. one got this right. Mm-mm. Nothing. The only reason I got it right was because she won at the BAFTAs. Right. That's the only reason. Uh, I really feel like this was one of those ones where she's not being rewarded for this film. She's being rewarded for a very... Uh, illustrious career leading up to this mm-hmm. because uh, you know the other thing that I was infuriated about is the way that the favorite got submitted to the Oscars because Olivia Coleman's the supporting actress mm-hmm. and the leads are actually Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz you could even argue oh, that right, Emma Stone right, right. is really the lead it's yeah, her yeah. story oh that's right and uh, so that's the other thing that like got made these categories messed up mm-hmm. because uh, you know you see this more in Golden Globes where the categories get weird and skewed but sure. you know, this one for sure was like what this doesn't <laughs> make any sense 
Well, there's several things in here too. Like you, Glenn Close has never won, so I mm-hmm. kind of thought maybe they would just throw her a bone for her life, you know, her career. Right. Um, and then I don't know. I just thought I thought the woman I can't really pronounce her name, but in Roma she was so. Yalitza. Uh, yeah, she. Yalitza. Uh, Yelitsa. She was amazing. But mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. sometimes understated performances like that, like she doesn't have big scenes where she's crying or, you know, she's just conveying all this emotion in these very subtle ways. Sometimes those get overlooked, which I mm-hmm. guess this makes sense because then Olivia Coleman's doing accents and gowns every year. <laughs> I mean, really, the. The favorite was pretty much a um, a Merchant Ivory film with a script pass for dirty jokes. Yeah, it's really all it was. Uh, so, you know, when we get to best director, this is where I kind of I had a uh, theory on this that didn't pan out. I really thought that uh, um, they were going to give Spike Lee director for Black Klansman, then they were going to go Roma for best picture. I thought it was mm. going to split like that, mm-hmm. but it did not mm. at all. So, uh, best director, I had should for Alfonso, but uh, he ended up uh, winning it. Yeah. Yeah, we both, Chris, you and I both did the same thing, and Doug did the should will. And I think, Alfonso Curian, I believe this was his speech where he um, thanked the Academy for, because it was the first time an indigenous woman's story was was recognized by the Academy, which I thought that was a pretty cool speech mm-hmm. thing for him to bring up, which was like, it is an amazing, you know, the, the thing, Academy is very slow moving but you know it, it, i'm glad that this movie got it I, in my opinion should have won best picture but i'm glad it got at least best director and, and one or two other awards because it it you know it like when would we ever know about mexico city and <clears throat> the politics that were happening in mexico at that time you know through the eyes of a of an indigenous housekeeper <laughs> you right, know yeah. like it mm-hmm. was really it was really cool. I, I just want to. I want to hear more interesting stories that we haven't heard before, which is why, like Mary Queen of Scots and The Favorite, like I've I've seen those stories every year for the last thirty years. Oh, I don't sure. mm-hmm. care about that era of makeup and wigs. Wouldn't it be more accurate to say you've not seen those movies for the last thirty years? <laughs> I've intentionally avoided those movies for the last thirty years because they're all the same. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you know, it's um. We weren't expecting it as far as like, um, you know, but we all we both thought it, it, he should win it for sure. As mm-hmm. Best director. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. I think let's get to best picture. Best picture. A uh, bit of a surprise <laughs> to uh, to us. I really thought this was uh, was going to be Roma, but I also thought maybe Black Klansman or Bohemian Rhapsody was going to win. Um, but I did not think Green Book was going to win best picture. I don't think anybody Doug was the thought. only one who picked it. Oh, he did? He did. Yep. Oh, he wow. He picked it as a will. We all picked, Chris and I all picked should and will for Roma. Doug went should will for Roma, but he picked will win for Green Book, which hmm. was like, that was a bold choice. Yeah. And wow. um, I don't. I don't think it was best picture by a long shot. Because if, I, I really... if Roma wasn't going to win, like Green Book wouldn't have been my second choice out of this list. No. Right. I thought Black Klansman was going to take it. So did I. Yeah, um, yeah. There was an audible gasp in the room when they announced Green Book. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Now, what was the uh, what was the um, tone and the murmurs like when Green Book was up there accepting Best Picture? Like, were people turning around, looking, talking at each other? It wasn't until the after party, until afterwards when okay. we're walking out, and then 
all our friends are like, man, Spike just fucking shit all over Green Book. And he's, you know, and people, you know, were like, no, you know, nobody saw it coming. And then we were like trying to get on our phones to find out what Spike said. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, he wasn't happy. I don't know if you know that or not. That's, yeah, he, what did yeah, he say? He said uh, the Academy <laughs> will never recognize a story that's a total black person. So how did he say it? Something like that? Like. Well, what did, I, I, um, well, he said he made a funny joke. He actually said that, you know, when Do the Right Thing lost, it was to Driving Miss Daisy. Oh. And uh, and now he lost to Green Book. He's like, you know, it's always a black person and a white person in the car. They just switch drivers. Jeez. So. <laughs> <laughs> and he also said at the afterwards, he's like, what was this quote? The uh, I, I, had, I had like court seats and the ref made a bad call. <laughs> I think yeah, quote. I mean, we talked about it on several episodes, you know. As far as just a movie goes, Green Book is well made. Those are good actors. Mm -hmm. It's good uh, character arcs and all that stuff. But then when you uncover... Really strong performances, I thought, was the most appealing part of that movie. Mm -hmm. Viggo Mortensen and Marshall Arley, they're really good. They're great actors, Mm -hmm. and they did a great job in there. And great directing by uh, Peter Farrelly, you know. So, But when you uncover the fact that Hollywood whitewashed that movie Mm -hmm. and... And Hollywood has such a history of whitewashing and making the white racist guy kind of the hero when that wasn't the reality. The real guy was fired. They did not remain friends. And Marshala Arlie's character, he knew what he knew about black music and he had, you know, had eaten fried chicken. He needed a white guy to tell him that. That's when it really sort of mm-hmm. Hollywood's long history of 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 yeah, racist and whitewashing. Yeah, I mean. It, Totally. Sours it. Totally. And, and then there's uh, all you those... know, like Viggo Mortensen's going to be your black culture Sherpa. You know, it's like it <laughs> yeah. makes no sense. And then there's all those weird blurbs. I haven't really read any of the articles, just the headlines of like the writers like upset that, oh, I didn't know that they were still alive. And, you know, when they were writing about yeah. them, I didn't know the family. Right. I didn't talk to the family. I didn't. Oh, really? Oh, because yeah. we don't have the Internet. Yeah, seriously. It's, uh, yeah. Or, um, it's or, almost like they're trying to separate themselves. Yeah. <laughs> or a team of uh, production assistants that could have made a few calls. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, that's the issue right there. It shows you the, this, the, the sort of systemic problem in Hollywood. Somebody bought the rights to this story. And they went, okay, well, write the Hollywood version of it. Don't mm-hmm. interview the family. Don't get it accurate. Just give us the Hollywood version where the white guy's the hero and they're all buddies. And it was just like, I, you know, that just shows you the problem in Hollywood. That that, ex- that, that, that was – they didn't even think. That was nowhere – no one even mentioned, hey, is the family alive? Can we get some research on this? It's like, nope. Just write the story the way Hollywood always wants to tell it so that white audiences, you know, can assuage their guilt. Well, yeah. and it's also from the perspective of the driver. He was one of the writers. All oh, right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but uh, there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Let the white guy tell the story of this this uh, highly gifted black musician. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they hired a black actor. So... <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's baby it steps, Chris. In. It's baby steps. Yeah, baby steps. Right, right. <laughs> Got to learn to crawl before you can walk. Yeah. 
So, um, well, ladies and gentlemen, that is our Academy Awards wrap-up. I have to say, too, like, I would be perfectly fine if they never used another host. Oh, um, yeah, I yeah. really thought the, it, it moved a little bit better. I think there is still work to be done on these, this award show, uh, for sure. But uh, I think there were definitely some steps in the right direction. Absolutely. So it was definitely not get, the worst show we've seen, Oscar show we've seen. Now they can get you 2 to open next year. That would be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> that would start be going through my childhood. Mm-hmm. Murray, I want to ask you this. So you've been to three of them now. Uh-huh. You've been to a bunch of different BAFTAs and stuff like this. Where of the ones you've been to, where do you where do you put this one? Um, in terms of just overall shows, the show I thought was fantastic. The show was mm-hmm. great. I thought this is my favorite. Although we were there two years ago, I thought Kimmel did a pretty decent job, but then they had that real fuck up at the end with La La Land. Oh, of course, and, right. And, um, I think I think the first time is just always going to be great, even though it was hosted by James Franco and those guys. You know, it's always going to be great because it was so exciting. But uh, I'd say this is definitely one of my favorites. And um, oh, cool, yeah. We and and personally, it was uh, a lot of fun because we ended up hanging out with Spike Lee a lot, and I got to meet That's Brian cool. May. And, and yeah, well, how know. were the after parties? What were they like? Uh, the after parties were all right. The BAFTAs after parties were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, can, can I tell you a quick story? Of I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we get to the BAFTAs in London, and on the first night, we're jet lagged, we're tired, we're just kind of, there's a cocktail party, and we're going early. I'm doing a set at the comedy club in London, so I just want to go home and rest. And on the way out, um, Mary sees Spike Lee, and we're with our Netflix handler, and she's like, oh my God, I got to meet Spike Lee before mm-hmm. I leave. And uh, she's and the Netflix handler's like, well, let's do it now. Might not get another chance. Come on, here he is. Let's go. And I'm like, I don't really have much to say to Spike Lee, you know. Right. I know his Mars Blackman work out of it and everything else he's done, you know. Right. So I kind of hang back. And so I, I hear him like, Mary's over. He's Spike, Cohen Brothers. And you hear it echo through the thing. Cohen Brothers, NYU boys. And then Spike storms off. And so... And so later on, we're at. Uh, I, I talked to Mary. I'm like, "How was that?" She's like, "Oh, that's great. I've always want. I want to work with him. I, you know, he's mm-hmm. one of my favorite directors. He has no idea who I am, but <laughs> I want to work with him." Did so, the Netflix hander give uh, your wife a list of trigger words not to avoid when talking to Spike Lee? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to the Baptist that night, or two nights later, and um, we're there, and I see Brian May. Brian mm-hmm. May walks in with Roger Taylor, and right. uh, I'm like, "I want to meet Brian May before we leave here." And the Netflix go- goes. Do it now. <laughs> you might not get another chance. I'm like, all right. So she walks, she walks me over, and then she le- and Brian May's talking to somebody, and so I'm I'm waiting behind, you know, and the Netflix person leaves, and I'm about to go in, and then Mary taps me on the shoulder with her cell phone. She's like, "We gotta get a picture. If you meet Brian May, we gotta get a picture." I'm like, "Sweet, all right." So the guy leaves. I say, "Hey, Brian, Murray Valeriano, big fan, love the movie, blah blah blah." favorite guitar player you know just totally fanning out a little bit mm-hmm. and he lives he has a house in larchmont nearby where we used to live oh he used to live by a lot oh that's great i go i know it's not um protocol right now but i'd love to get a quick picture with you mm-hmm. and when you do that as you know you just they don't you don't even give a chance to say yes or no you're just like mm-hmm. i'd love to get a quick picture turn smile click mm-hmm. out and so i'd love to get a quick picture he's like eh, and i turn and smile mary's gone <laughs> Nobody there. We're looking at we're looking at an empty staircase to the stage, and then it's me and Brian May, and he's like, eh, maybe later. I'm like, yeah, good call, <laughs> yeah, good call. So I feel like a complete asshole. I turn around, I'm like, where the fuck is Mary? You should have played it out like there was somebody still there. All right, smile. <laughs> yeah, okay, and hold. Yeah. Well, all right, we're gonna try another one. We're gonna try another one. Yeah. So I look around, I'm like, where the fuck is Mary? I turn around, and she's talking to Spike Lee. 
Ah. I walk over to hear Mary go, uh, three, two, three, four, six, seven, three. And I'm like, what? Right. I go, like, I turn my back on you for five minutes and you're giving your number to Spike Lee. What the hell's going on here? And Spike's like, ah, I want to work with this woman. I want to work with this woman. So apparently he Googled her between Friday and Sunday. Oh, that's hilarious. We figured it nice. out. Nice. And then we ran into him at the Oscars and got a bunch of pictures with him and stuff. So. Oh, that's great. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. You cultivated cool, a relationship yeah. with Spite Lee over the course of a couple of award shows. Uh, yeah, well, within a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how you got to do it, man. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Like, you got to you gotta go. Hold you got to go hustle business. Right. I mean, that's what that's all about. <laughs> right. Totally. And then his purple uh, outfit uh, really accentuated Mary's red outfit. I'm showing Chris a picture oh, of those two together. Actually, looks great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what what anything singularly aside from obviously Queen coming mm-hmm. out and just rock and that stood out for you from the show itself or the night? Um, what what really did stand out? Again, I really thought the speeches were fantastic this mm-hmm. year. I really I did. I teared up a couple of times, you know, and. Uh, I really, I really thought the speeches stood out. Um, that's going to be the standout for the show for me, I think. Well, I think if and the uh, stage sets again, they, they were they were they spectacular. Really I think because of the success of Queen opening, I really think next year it's going to be Elton John. Oh. Rocket Man's Rocket Man's out. coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, I, think, I think Elton John will open next year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We we hung out with the costume designer of uh, Rocket Man in London, and mm-hmm. uh, he was telling us about the costumes and stuff. And it should be cool. I'm excited to see. That's it. awesome. As a matter of fact, that's who Brian May uh, excused me for at the picture to go talk to the oh, uh, <laughs> go talk to the costume designer because I think he did a Bohemian Rhapsody also. Cool. Yeah, he did do a Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is our 91st Academy Awards wrap-up show. And uh, oh, I want to mention this one thing. This isn't the Academy Awards, but it is film-related. Um, while I was um, live tweeting the Oscars, I was reading some of the um, notification tweets, and somebody <laughs> tweeted that made me laugh out loud. It's like somebody was angry about my review of Polar on Netflix, and uh, they said it was um, not nearly as good as I made it out to be. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, if you want to see one of the worst movies ever made, watch Polar on Netflix. Oh, snap. So, uh, um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's uh, turn it over to Murray. Where can people find you online Um, or live in a show? Well, first of all, I like this is – thank you for doing – I love coming to do your show every two and a half years. Um, (laughs) I I have to say this. uh, These are all my opinions. Uh, this is nothing I've said is Mary's opinion. So um, Joel and Ethan keep hiring her. Damien Giselle keep hiring her. It has nothing to do with anything that Mary has. Spike, put her on the next one. Um, so that's all all aside. These are my opinions, not Mary's. Um, other than that, at Murray V on Twitter, Murray Valeriano, Com- Murray V Comedy on Instagram. When does this drop? Today. Oh, all right. Well, then I will be... I'm doing a quick set in Phoenix, uh, no, Tempe Improv on Thursday. Just I'm mm-hmm. passing through, so I'm doing a set there. If you want to come out, I'll be at Ontario Improv with Cristela Alonzo this weekend and then headlining um, Levity Live in uh, Oxnard, March 21st. Other than that, uh, social media all over the place. Awesome. All right. Nice. And Thanks. guys, like I said, all my tour dates and everything are at GrahamElwood.com. Uh, in, Ch- in Chicago tonight, Rosemont through the weekend, and then progressive comedy tour in the gulf states in march we go to texas in april um salt lake city in boise in may and the big east coast swing is in june we hit philly uh dc 
um, Baltimore, New Haven, Connecticut, uh, New York City, Boston. So again, go to grandma.com for all that. Yeah. Awesome. And I want to mention that uh, Conversation from from the Abyss is still uh, dropping. We've got uh, five more episodes to drop, and we've got some great upcoming performers like Janet Varney, the Sklar Brothers, and uh, many, many more uh, that are coming up. Hal Lublin, uh, Mark Agliardi, some really cool, creepy stories, and uh, also Paul Gilmartin and uh, Laura House. Laura House plays a phone. In, the, uh, in, the, in, the, in an upcoming episode so uh, I want to mention that make sure you subscribe to Conversations from the Abyss and also uh, give it a great review on iTunes all that stuff helps and we want to mention too for comedy film nerds you know we appreciate you Patreon supporters but also you know, other ways to support the show that are free um, great reviews sharing liking spreading the word all that stuff is uh, incredibly helpful so we want to thank all you guys for listening yep and uh, all right, that is our show. Ladies and gentlemen, wrap it up. Put it in the can. Episode 456, Academy Awards wrap up. We will be back next week with a regularly formatted show. That's and- right. Thank you, Mervy Lariano. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you for setting up the crazy Skype call. It's the first time we've done this and it seemed to work out. Absolutely. So. Mm-hmm. I didn't think there wasn't like a lot of static or delays. I thought it worked great. Yeah, it was nice business. So. <laughs> Uh, thank you everybody for listening and my name is Graham Elwood and I'm Chris Mancini and as always remember Han shot Han first. shot first alright there was a little delay there. Han shot first that damn was, it I missed it <laughs> yeah that, we really stumbled over each yeah. other so the Han shot first we need to iron yeah, out but right. thanks for listening fix it in post <laughs> thanks guys